I'm recording now as well. Actually, I'm recording myself. <laughs> not now. Oh, where's now? I don't know. He's not part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I slay me. What the f is going on down there? Welcome to episode 449, 449 of WTF and TFW. My internet name is Vangelist, and I'm joined by a guy whose internet name is Seth. But what's his real name, Seth? It's a mystery. Ah! It's one of history's mysteries. That r- holy crap, that rhymed. Like, who built the pyramids? I don't know, Bigfoot? There's no way to know. Hey, it was Sasquatch. Don't be racist. <laughs> That's only if they're North American. It's true. They have different names in different places. Yeah. You're racist for assuming that they're all Sasquatchies. Hey, maybe I'm just ignorant, alright? That's very disrespectful to the Yetai. Yeah, well, who's not disrespectful to the, to the Yetai? I mean, seriously. The Yetai. Uh, hey, welcome to our uh, episode that totally has Transformers content in it of WTF and TFW, where we actually have Transformers news that I didn't think we were going to have. I was yeah. all ready and set for this relaxed, listener question-oriented thing. Then frigging Australia just rides on in. It's like, here's two more toys that we get to see first, because whatever, screw you. Uh, Hasbro Australia seem like really cool people. Like, apparently they, they are very open to just inviting their fans in to, you know, toy fair events. It's going like, here, take pictures, mess around with these figures. Uh, we're going to have Trypticon, so if someone wants to bring G1 Trypticon, go ahead. And someone just showed up with not G1 Trypticon, but basically the same toy from Beast Wars. Uh, they said, get that out of here. Yeah. That's not a Trypticon. That's not G1. Uh, but we got to see for the first time Titans Return, Misfire, and then the one I didn't think I'd see, Slug Slinger, who I am very excited about because I have a nostalgic tie to that stupid twin cockpit guy. Uh, these are the, the kind of the partner figures that go with Trigger Happy, and strangely enough, both these figures appear to be super heavy retools of Trigger Happy. Uh, which I'm sure has led to some debate that I neglected to read. But uh, my, my personal feeling is it made me blink, but I feel very okay about the three of them sharing a skeleton because I always felt like they looked extremely similar uh, in, in G1. You know, obviously they had a lot of differences, but there was very similar stuff about them in their alt modes and the way their legs folded up. And this, I mean, if this is the way we're going to get all three, uh, it certainly doesn't seem offensive to me. So I'm uh, I'm kind of into it. Uh, the color seems pretty good, on, you know, at least the physical figures. The the CG render of Misfire, I think, is way the hell off, but I'm hoping that the one that was actually on a table is close to what we're going to be getting. Uh, so I, I'm way into these myself. Seth, how do you feel about the other two Target Masters showing up? I dig. I like them. Um, it's just, if I'm going to, like, find something to complain about, and I do that, um, it's just... Uh, I'm not super familiar with these characters. Is Misfire the white and blue one? Uh, he's the pink one. Okay, uh, so Slug Slinger is the white and blue one. He's, yeah, um, he's the two co- the two nose cone man. Yeah. It would have been really cool if there 
if it was big enough to where you would have been able to fit um a titan master in each of those little cockpits oh yeah those cone cockpits that was a bit of a buzzkill uh, when i saw like yeah. the, the cockpits actually the panel behind them and i was like ah right. oh well but then you know it would have been too big yeah for a deluxe it would have had to have been a voyager but it would have been cool um but yeah i dig them both uh and i really like trigger happy so me too talk about that later oh Man. no i feel i feel like you know having gotten trigger happy somewhat recently uh you know th- i think that's also helping me be very okay with these guys being retools of them because i'm like hey you know what? one of my favorite titans return figures so far is is trigger happy that's a darn good toy my biggest problem with them are those giant cannons hanging off his off of his arms guess what these two guys don't have giant cannons hanging off of their arms oh, i like the giant cannons oh i, d- I do visually just like they get in the way of some posability if I really want to get nitpicky. And, like, that's kind of the only nitpick I had on the guy. And so these two figures get rid of it. So it's only a boon. Uh, I'm I'm excited about these. I just hope that they're not going to be too hard to get. Like, I don't even know if... No one even knows how they're going to be sold. Like, if they're going to be... Australia. Yeah, Australia exclusive. <laughs> Um, some people noticed like the ones that were on the table there had stickers all over them um, for deluxes at least. So like a lot of their detailing was done with stickers. So I, I, myself, I was curious if between that and how retooly they are, if like they were going to be a two pack or they're going to be like internet exclusive. Uh, who knows? They may well just be in like wave what six or seven. So we'll we'll see in probably in a couple months for sure. But I'm excited. Um. That, I think, was the only major news from Toy Fair Australia, aside from we got to see the packaging for a bunch of figures that we hadn't seen before, which I have trouble getting excited about myself. Yeah. I, I, I think whatever the artwork looks cool, and then that's about it. Um, there's also the question of that Trypticon in Australia looks a whole lot like actual injection molded plastic compared to how hand-painted the one in New York was. And uh, Takara Tomi's PR Twitter account is starting to tweet photos of of Trypticon and Metroplex. So maybe he's coming along pretty darn fast. Uh, Like he's coming out in Japan in August. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were starting to shoot the colors in there. I mean, that could have come from like the Japanese office, like the Takara office, because that would be a shorter distance to ship than from Hasbro in the U.S., wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah would just have to ship it south. That's about it. Um, so yeah, it's exciting, exciting times for Titans Return stuff. If you're into what you're seeing, and, and I am, so I'm, I'm happy and jazzed about it. Um, but Seth, I also want I'm to- happy and cliff jumpered about it. <laughs> I always do that when you ever say that you're jazzed about things. Well, it's I, a running joke. I'm happy and gearsed about it. Yeah. Gears isn't happy about anything. Yeah, I don't even know who Gears is. He's the grouchy one. A uh, new third party Gears just came out. Oh. I don't know anything about it, but it just, just hit Big Bad. I see that Bad Cube is taking another run at their Huffer. Yeah, uh yeah, it's it's their gears that just hit. And they're now yeah, they're now advertising their, their second their second iteration Huffer and the pipes that they're doing with them. It looks like it might be pretty, pretty similar, mm-hmm. which I think is good because uh, I had like rose color glasses when 
that that original version came out because it does a lot of really cool stuff but it had a lot of problems like a lot of really loose parts and then mm-hmm. i didn't get the paint chipping chipping right away i got i got it a little later yeah and then now i'm afraid to touch it i think it's cool <laughs> that they went that far with like tweaking him although like given that most of that toy's problems were the factory producing it badly and now they clearly have a better factory. I was, was kind of I was kind of hoping they would just re-release the Cubex one with better production quality. Uh, but you know, they ever since Bad Cube started, they had this whole thing about treating Cubex like it was a really bad nightmare. <laughs> and and even now, like in their photography on Facebook, they're like first rule of Bad Cube, do not talk about Cubex. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I maybe this is part of how you guys are dealing with how badly that went, you know, on the production side. Well, one of the things I really liked with that Cubex Huffer, and it looks like just from that CAD picture I saw, that they're going to keep is uh, there were like little panels that flipped out for the truck cab in um, in robot mode. So it wasn't just this giant empty space behind his head. Yeah. It, it kind of closed off the space and it just kind of gave it a tighter, cleaner look. Um, so it looks like they're keeping that which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how that and the pipes turn out, because that sort of is the full circle story for Bad Cube, is, like, the whole reason Bad Cube exists is because they were, like, absolutely not going to die in a fire because of the production problems on, you know, the, the Cubex toy. Um, but that that thing isn't out yet, so no. got to see how it turns out. In the meantime, while we wait for it to come out, I got us a trio of listener questions. Uh, it's pulled trio from is fancy talk for three. That's right. I'm I'm from Canada, so we do sometimes use French words. Uh, I sort of just grabbed these out of out of. We we actually have quite a few listener questions built up, so I'm 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 happy to have a post toy fair lull in the news. Uh, but somehow you still struggle to find three that didn't specify they wanted to be answered by TJ and Erin. That's right. It's it's pretty darn difficult, man. Uh, those those boys market themselves so well. Like I just get the pounding on my door. People are people are like, "Can you sit out too? I just want to hear Aaron talk about helicopters." And I'm like, "Did none of you see the gif that's been going around showing helicopters are, are fake?" Yeah, you seen that gif, right? Yeah, I did. Match match the shutter speed to the quote unquote rotor. Yeah, that well, that's the excuse they came up with. Yeah. I don't believe that's possible. Like, you can also see the string that's lifting the helicopter up. Yeah. Uh, you can't. You just got to get right up close to the screen. Yeah. You know, you got you to be thinking. You got you to you have to be able to see past the truth. Yeah. You need to be thinking, like, 4D chess. Yeah. I mean, got to think in time. That's how you're going to beat, you know, big helicopter before yeah. they start taking over the industries. Yeah. Um, but I, I have us a listener question here from Murder Cat with a K. Uh, he says, hello, evangelist and crew. Really love your podcast. I listen to it every time I do stuff. Uh, that's good. You, you know, that's a good time to listen to podcasts. Uh, also, I have a few questions to ask. Number one, what are your thoughts about knockoff toys being in higher quality than Hasbro in terms of paint and modifications? Uh, now, this I am making an assumption here. I think this is specifically talking about the Wei Jang style stuff where like they are doing knockoffs that improve upon the original piece that's being knocked off which is it's it's a year or two old now but it is still a fairly new phenomena of uh 
of you know what is ostensibly a knockoff that is also applying the third party production ethic to be better than a mainline thing it's it's really interesting to me uh and like that's that's my thoughts about it i think it's fascinating i feel kind of bad for companies like wei jang where i think it was wei jang who said that they would like to do original things but they know they'll make more money if they just make better versions of hasbro toys and so that's how they're gonna fund their original ideas and i'm like i feel for you guys because it, it sort of sucks if that's the reality of it you know and you're a creative person but you know that you'll make more money and, and, you know, get a better standing if you just, you know, make a, a better version of you know, Evasion Optimus Prime. Um, but I think it is really fascinating because, like, I think knockoffs before third-party stuff and kind of before, you know, uh, social media really hit when it was just message boards and news groups, knockoffs were this really fun, goofy thing that people really enjoyed because they were often very silly uh weird colors giant packaging etc then yeah. it, it kind of that felt like that sort of ebbed away as stuff moved more towards like replicas and like you know stuff that can actually deceive people on the secondary market and then it also became like a slur that was kind of slung at third party stuff and so seeing like the knockoff make this weird renaissance of like we're going to like we're going to do a knockoff of the whole Age of Extinction line, but we're going to build them better than they were done by, you know, the, the ones that were on shelves at Toys R Us. And I'm like, that's interesting. Like, that's a that's a, a cool way to to swing back in, you know, while also saying, obviously, it is highly infringing upon many different rights. But I think that the fact that, you know, a lot of the best companies have focused on Age of Extinction makes it feel more innocent because I feel like Hasbro and Takara Tomy sort of abandoned Age of Extinction as quickly as they could. So I don't know. It's it's interesting to me. Seth, I don't know how much you've gotten into that weird side of knockoffs. Well, I've never handled any of these like high-end knockoffs, but I, I, conceptually I like the idea that a company is, isn't just going to do a, a copy and and sell that but to try to improve it and make it make it better than it was and then sell it instead of like the just good enough but not as good to trick somebody at a glance kind of knockoff like those are the knockoffs that i hate the most are the are the kind that are like just good enough that if you're not paying attention you're going to be tricked and then you find out you got garbage later um when they're wacky ass colors or where the original figure, like these three pieces made up a larger piece, the knockoff is just like one crummy version. <laughs> like they, they fuse the three different parts together. And so now you lost a bunch of detail and the plastic feels all soapy and lame. And there's a purple Autobot sticker where it's on the foot. <laughs> yeah. Like, diagonal like not even and then or, or that falls off after you look at it or it's like a legends toy that's been blown up to be 24 inches tall yeah like that that stuff is like that's the fun yeah that's the thing. fun that's... stuff and then the idea of like improving it then it's like okay well now if you buy it by accident thinking you are just buying regular asset um evasion prime then congratulations you got a better version <laughs> by yeah. accident but yeah it's it's the the fake real ones that that's what bugs me 
Yeah, like like the you know what what and I know Wei Jang aren't the only company doing it. Just they're the only ones doing this in a way that I kind of care about because there's a huge debate over the like 500 other companies who are all trying to do an improved knockoff of this the masterpiece Seekers, and like I feel like that's kind of becoming a weird like self devouring toilet. Yeah. Um, but like the stuff that Wei Jang did with the Age of Extinction line, even when it was just like, we're going to put out a version of a deluxe or a Voyager, we're going to add die cast and we're going to make the joint tolerances slightly better. It's like, that's just kind of cool. Um, or like when they did Hound, but at a better size and they fixed some parts of the tooling that weren't as good and gave him a better head sculpt. I'm like, that's neat. And then like you go into their Evasion Prime, which is like masterpiece scale and then almost masterpiece quality still more so like an inflated voyager but just really well done and like heavily customized and like you know just it's like it's like maybe 75 80 percent a knockoff and then like 20 25 percent almost original tooling added on to an older figure and then you know it, it's just it's i think it's really cool um and 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 i certainly don't say that in a way where i say we should also rub it in the face of the original designers so I feel like those Age of Extinction toys felt like they were a lot of them were made under quite a bit of duress on a design level. And it, it felt like there was not much. It felt like there was not much like uh, grip on them to like keep them on the shelves, make sure people keep talking about these. It felt it felt like all parties involved were quite happy to talk about the generation stuff happening afterwards um, with with a lot more gusto. So I don't know. Uh, when, I always say this, when you start trying to get into the ethical side of this stuff, then I feel like you'll start battling yourself eventually. Um, but yeah, I, the, the way Jang stuff, I think is super cool. Yeah. Um, like I met a guy a while ago who had all the masterpiece Autobots, like official, and he had a knockoff of each of them. Yeah. Because he wanted to display both modes. And, like, he was telling me, like, yeah, the knockoffs aren't as good, but they're good enough in car mode. Yeah. He's like, so I have the the real ones in robot mode and then these knockoff cars. He goes, and they don't have to be good robots. They don't even have to transform right. They can be broken inside for all I care. He goes, they just <laughs> have to they just have to look good in the car mode. Yeah. Because that, that's the only way you're going to got them. He goes, and I want both, and this is way cheaper to do it this way. Yeah, and like, you know, that's that's how a lot of people collected Scramble City combiners for a long time in like the the late 90s early 2000s for the the picture frame knockoffs. Yeah, I got a um, bunch of those and they're garbage. <laughs> yeah, but it was like it's like that's how people like at least saw in person what the tooling was kind of like. Yeah. Is that that's why when, you know, when when obviously it's mostly when it's applied to third party stuff, but when I when I see like the argument against knockoffs on like this weird like ethical collector level, I'm kind of like, you're like a decade too late to really start doing this. Like, <laughs> the knockoffs have always been a part of the fandom in in either a doofy way or whatever way they are now. Yeah, we talked about it not too long ago on the show, but there was that one website that was selling those picture frame knockoff scramble cities. Oh yeah, for like. 60 80 100 bucks whatever it was when when i was going to chinatown in san francisco and finding them for 10 bucks or less <laughs> yeah like those those picture frame knockoffs are how i actually messed with a lot of brave toys at first like there's a super build tiger picture frame set is it's trash garbage but it was a cool way to see like you know brave toys for like eight bucks 
it's almost like a rental, you know, it's like a demo rental because it's like, here's how the toy works. It'll probably crumble in under its own weight in about a week. So if you want this, but better, you know, get the real one. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Murder Cat's second question is, uh, what are your preferred robot silhouettes? Like, do you have a specific preference to your bot size or bulk? Uh, looking forward to hearing your answers. More power to you guys. Um, so Seth, like, do you have do you have a preferred look to your robots as far as just their their build? And it's an odd question. Um, when it when he specifies it as like or gives a like a conditions or what I don't know what the word I'm looking for is uh, as far as size or bulk. Like, if you're talking about what like size class. Like in in that regard, I'm constantly changing as to what appeals to me most at the moment. Right now, I care more about the Lux, just the deluxes. Like I think in Titans Return, what they're doing and and how the gimmick works, I think works best at a deluxe size for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my opinion could change on whatever the next line is. Um, I don't really know about like bulk. Like, like when when he says, as long as the robot looks cool, I'm not worried if it's thin or chunky. I think I think like the use of the word silhouette's the important part. Like, is there like a certain kind of robot shape that that tends to catch you, or are you are you kind of are you pan robotual? Not for all in the... regard to Transformers. I mean, it's just like as long as the 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 overall shape like works for the character, it's fine, mm. and. And Transformers have, they kind of have a a style to them in general. Um, If you were just talking about robots, period, there are certain types of robot design that I'm a total sucker for, like 50s sci-fi kind of Robbie the Robot kind of stuff. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't think I I could identify a robot silhouette as being like robots that are kind of this shape are the best. I think cause I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same place of it depends on the character and how, how the shape suits the character and the personality. But with that said, I think I do have a predilection towards robots with really wide, broad shoulder lines and accompanying that very large boots. Like something about that, I think really works for me. Um, like there's a lot of uh, like Combiner Wars, Optimus or Menasaur. When you go from like shoulder to shoulder on that design, it's so wide. It kind of I kind of dig that. And then uh, you give me a robot with huge ass robot feet that are like just giant clunky boots. And they got a big ankle tilt. Then I'm 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 happy. I'm happy as days. Uh, I think that's where I one of my preferences might be. You know what they say about robots with big shoulders? No. They don't fit through doors very well. Oh, uh, what if they turn like sideways? Well, you know, then they're smart, and then they they do fit through that door, and then I also think more highly of them. Well, if they're a robot, then their legs could continue to go straight, their head could continue to look straight, and just their torso could swivel underneath. Yeah. Their head. And... They just got to be smart enough. Yeah. You know, not be too they're prideful. Robots. They're robots. Um, I am a robot. Anyway, I, ho- I hope that answers your questions, uh, Murder Cat. We also have a question from Jeremus. 
Uh, he says, got a listener question for the even team. I didn't see that part. Ah, you bastard. So whatever. Because I don't think either of them have this thing. So what, you know, whatever. <laughs> if they would like to chime in, they are free to. Uh, with Masterpiece Megatron looming on the horizon, I find myself torn. Do I keep the DX9 enhanced leader Megatron as my stand-in or take the plunge for fear of regretting it later? I'm happy with what I have, but the MP looks really nice as well. Hopefully this one of you guys have handled said leader toy with one of the upgrade kits. So, Seth, number one, have you ever actually handled the DX9 upgrade kit? No. All right, I'm going to send you a picture of it. It's for the Combiner Wars Megatron. Uh, it's it, like There are two upgrade kits for him. The general gist of them is they give him gigantic platform shoes and more shoulder bulk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they make him look more sexy to me. Uh, all right, I think this is a... Ignore the one on the right. The one on the left is the picture that's important. I'm wondering uh, if the picture you're sending me is one that I'm already looking at. The one on the left is him with all the okay, upgrades. Okay, no, that's a different picture than I was looking at. So, and the one on the right in this in this thing I'm sending Seth is a Polyon that's not really here nor there because we're talking about the official Masterpiece one that's coming out soon. But, yeah. uh, so the Combiner Wars Megatron, uh, full disclosure, I've actually never handled one with the upgrade kit because I ended up not being happy with how any of the upgrade kits looked uh, throughout. Like, I thought they all looked okay in robot mode, but I didn't really like how none of them integrated into the tank mode all that well uh so i think to, to me it's like this question's a little bit more about the the fear of regretting it later uh because end of the day if, if you ask yourself that question about every single figure you buy you're never going to end up picking anything up so i think that i, I think it also is worth saying the dx9 enhanced combiner wars megatron and then the upcoming very cartoony official masterpiece megatron they're about as apples and oranges as you can get yeah like they have very little in common aside from being megatron so like to try to objectively say one's better than the other like seriously is a fool's game like you're gonna just talk yourself in a circle uh it's really going to come down to like you know which one you think looks better and then i guess if you really want to get logical do you have other figures that'll look good with with that new masterpiece megatron because he looks a whole lot like the cartoon uh so like you know for your personal situation that's all i can think of to say um yeah like it really comes down to what aesthetic do you want like if that upgraded leader megatron fits with whatever kind of display you have going on then that's all you need and you're going to save a lot of money mm-hmm. just sticking with that um looking at these pictures it it's not what i'm looking for it's not i wouldn't put that in with masterpieces and think this fits no but I wouldn't that, either. that's me personally and then some of the third party megatrons might fit better than the upcoming official one uh I'm planning on getting the upcoming official one um, just because <laughs> it, it's doing things that like none of the third party ones are doing that I'm into. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of like some stuff about it. Uh, also, I'm just more into sticking with the official masterpieces right now for my masterpiece collecting needs. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, th- I think if you're if, like... If, well, and then like if if he gets... The masterpiece does then is he then compelled to get rid of the enhanced leader? There, there are I I know I know for a fact there are a lot of collectors for whom that's the case where it's like I kind of wish I was one of those collectors where it's like I just need one. 
Yeah. I just need one Megatron and I'll replace and sell other Megatrons as I want to. And like Man, I, that would save so much space. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine being one of those collectors because to me, like I've seen it happen where like, you know, we've got that Trypticon coming out, right? Yes. Um, and then uh, Planet X just released uh, a version of the video game Trypticon from War for Cybertron, who looks hell of different from G1 Trypticon. Yeah. And there are people for whom they have the one toy, one character rule who are actually I've seen one guy in the thread go like, yeah. I have to decide which Trypticon I want more because I can only have one. And I'm like, I don't even know how, like, I get it. <laughs> but, like, holy crap, like, that would be me going, like, well, I can only either, I can only ever drink orange juice or orange crush. You know, like, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't, under, I can understand it. But for myself, I could never end up in that position and, and go, like, one of these nullifies the other. Because, like, to yeah. me, they're so different. Yeah, because if you had different shelves that that you were different displays that you were setting up, or you wanted to rotate displays, then like I I just don't look at that upgraded leader megs and think, oh yeah, that fits with other stuff. Yeah, I mean I it, I kind of like it in that it will make his silhouette. Speaking of hey. silhouettes, uh, more different than Astro Train if you had your whole titan's return shelf going mm-hmm. like in in that regard i think that upgrade kit's probably handy uh but yeah i just don't know how you would feel the need to choose between that and the masterpiece because th- they are so different but if you are you know stuck in this quandary like the, the way the question is written you know like you know do, am i taking the plunge or whatever like there's no time limit and like that masterpiece Megatron, he might disappear right after he comes out for a month or two, but then he'll be back and everyone will be carrying him. In if you're if it really is this, you know, this this severe, you know, a one or the other decision, wait till the new masterpiece is out and then read and watch a whole bunch of reviews to get as comprehensive an idea of that figure as you can without actually handling it, and then base your decision on that. Yeah, maybe find somebody that could take your Take you some side-by-sides yeah. photos. Or you could just be one of those people that likes chaos and get yourself the original Masterpiece Megatron. Yeah. Just set fire <laughs> to everything, man. Just burn the pile of money. <laughs> but no, like, I've seen I've seen the wording, you know, like, am I going to regret this purchase later? And, like... Maybe. Yeah, like any purchase you do, you might regret later. So, yeah. like, you know, I, there's I, all kinds of stuff you might regret later. I, I, I am of the opinion fortune favors the bold, and I'm also of the opinion nearly any masterpiece toy you buy, you're probably going to be able to sell right if you if you know you don't like it fast enough, you'll probably be able to sell it back to somebody without it being too much of an expenditure. So, you know, be bold, and like, you know, also this is all in the context of buying expensive toys. So I can't make too much of a moral lesson out of it because it's, it's just buying expensive toys. <laughs> but uh, I feel like overthinking toy purchases does always ends up just doing more harm than good eventually. Yeah. Um, outside of obviously, you know, operating within your means. But like if it's really like, oh, is this going to be better? Or am I going to like this five points more? It's kind of like if you can afford it, just get both and then sell the one you don't like as much. <laughs> yeah, the war. Just stick with the DX9 and save yourself a bunch of money. 
Yeah. Or be completely nuts and go all in on a Kickstarter. Or, yeah, or do that. Or, you know, wait until the Kickstarter's done, then decide the line is good and start buying it at twice the price than if you had gotten in on the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's another good plan. <laughs> this unfortunate favors the bold. <laughs> What's more bold than just spending more money on the same stuff? Yeah. Uh, that's what, like, like a rapper would do in a video in a music video that's right i mean you know i'm kind of a rapper all my favorite rappers are showing their wealth by buying toys from the third third hand that's right. aftermarket listen i'm watching a tibius all right on ebay right now who has six Ooh, days left and he's already at 96 canadian dollars don't look at that anymore freaking five Listen, I don't know where all these Mythic Legions collectors came from. I don't know what internet they grew up on, but on my internet, when there's an auction with six days and 12 hours left, you don't have seven bids on it already. (laughs) Just wait, for God's sake. Well, just close (laughs) that tab and don't look back, because they're saying that they're going to, like, later in the summer, they're going to make a bunch of older figures available again for sale. I know, I know. know. Just wait, don't. Just wait, man. <laughs> I, I I have managed to get one really decent deal on eBay, so I always go and check, you know, just in case. And then when I see a figure that's not on eBay much, I just watch it to see where it ends. Uh, but that Tibius, like, it was it was left alone for, like, four hours. And I was like, oh, hey, maybe that one will end around 50 bucks. That would be cool. <laughs> there it goes. You know, after the first four hours, like, a whole bunch of people thought that maybe they'll bid it up now and then everyone will leave it alone. And I'm like, y'all don't even know how to eBay well. <laughs> no one can outbid you if you jack the bid so high that no one can yeah. afford it. Yeah, on on like hour three, if you just pump it up to a hundred dollars, that's one way to get people to stop looking at it. Yeah, just just uh, imagine that meme with the guy tapping the side of his head. No one can outbid you if you've already outbid yourself. That's right. <laughs> But you know, I bet that's I bet the person selling that Tibius feels friggin' awesome right now. Oh yeah. There's like six days left on the auction. It's already like up to seventy two American. Uh anyway, we'll get more more on that later uh, in this, this podcast. For now, I hope that I hope that answered your question somewhat, Jeremis. Uh I, I totally understand the kind of situation you're in, even though I'm I'm not in it that much myself. Like I I, I have enough friends who get in that kind of position and, and hopefully you know, just waiting for reviews won't bite you in the butt. I doubt it will. Like, you know, just just wait. See how the, the, the masterpiece actually is. Um, also, sorry for not being the even team. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good. You apologize. <laughs> this guy probably only listens to podcasts because he watches TJ's YouTube videos. And now he's, like, super disappointed because he wanted to interact with TJ. Well, you know, TJ can apologize <laughs> for that next week. That or he's on the helicopter conspiracy. Well, if he's and a he friggin- would have wanted to interact with Aaron. If, he, if he's a friggin' uh, listen, don't worry about interacting with Aaron, okay? Like, we're smartening him up. You know, we're chipping away day by day. Do you know how many people sent him that gif? At least three. All right? <laughs> like, I saw it happen. <laughs> at least three. <laughs> Uh, anyway, our last listener question for this episode is from ShadowCon LM14. It says, "Hi, Evangelist and podcast crew. Wonder, wondering, just <laughs> hi, as Evangelist a- and Aaron and TJ. 
Damn it! I don't even read these. Although I know, I know for a fact, Seth, this question, like, I don't actually know what team this would have been good with because this is all about reviewing toys and like getting stuff for review. Oh, so this is really just a evangelist question. I don't know. If all you, right, I'll mute my mic. If you I'm can just think gonna... of any, if you, oh no, there goes Seth. He disappeared. Uh, the question is wondering, just as a layman-based consumer, how the online toy review scene has impacted mass market retailers and companies. I know third-party companies sometimes send you guys stuff to review early. Is there like a process to this, or does review quote-unquote job recognition? Oh yeah, is that... us guys. I yeah. get so many free toys. Oh boy. Listen, you ever, you ever seen Seth looks? Oh. Seth looks on YouTube. So All right, friggin' check it out. Yeah, uh, I, I uploaded in 2011. <laughs> or does uh, review quote unquote job recognition? Is that just something that happened as the internet hive mind grew from mid 2008 onwards? Thanks for answering. Whatever you do, Luke. Uh, that's basically it. Is there there is no process really? I'm sure there's a process on the retailer side, but from the reviewer side, at least in my experience, I don't know if it's the same for some of the larger channels. It really is just a case of people will approach you often because they have like watched your stuff before or like what you do or a bunch of their friends said oh you're sending things out make sure you send one to this guy um it's all like the, the whole thing of toy review is still like uh th there are very few standards as far as like concrete standards there are only really just the standards of the viewers and the creators and that, that'll vary from person to person case to case by case it's very outlaw very renegade so uh, there, there is no real process. It's it is just quote unquote job recognition as the internet hive mind grew. And yes, very much from mid two thousand eight onwards. Like that is a startlingly. Uh, uh, I'm totally blanking on the word now. That's a bullseye. It's very uh, on the mark. It is startlingly. And then there's one word which means it is correct. It's very close. I can't even remember English now. Yeah, well, while I had my mic muted while you answered, um, I, I didn't reread the question. I read in between the lines. Oh! And I'm calling you out, Luke. Uh-oh. I see what this question really is. This question is, how do I get free toys? That's what Luke wants to know. Luke just wants free toys. Well, he's got to become an influencer, get in touch with the PR company, and uh, go like, hey, get me in on your influencer outreach program. I see what you're up to, Luke. I'm a. I see you, Luke. Y y you know how, like, so, so you know, for toys, I'm saying this is all like renegade stuff. If you want to see where this stuff probably will end up going, if toys still exist in five years, then look at where <laughs> video game uh, coverage is now. And I'm actually gonna like, I'm gonna like touch that weird inferno in a couple days, because uh, I'm going to a Nintendo sponsored thing to film the Switch at the YouTube space. And I was like, whatever, I'll sign up for this. This sounds fun. Man, Switch is old news. Yeah, number one, I'm like, I, okay, it's weird that Nintendo is having Switch filming sessions both before and after the launch. But whatever. Uh, I just want to mess around with one and film it a bit for fun. Are they going to set up a tasting corner? So I'm going to, if there's a rep so, there. So you could all do your clickbait videos of, I put stuff in my mouth. If, if there's a representative there, I really want to ask them uncomfortable questions about wrist straps and tasting game cartridges. <laughs> uh, apparently what they, you know how they, in that New York event some months ago, they set up like a fake airplane seat and like all these, fa like a fake picnic table for all the areas you're supposed to play the switch when you're out and about. Uh, so they set some of those up, apparently, and one of the ones they set up was a fake TTC subway car 
And I'm like, I, I can't see someone pulling a switch out in the middle of the TTC without expecting someone to run up and just smash it out of their hand. Yeah. Uh, but that regardless, the thing that I got in my in my electronic paperwork mentioned something I read about before, which is that when I do my coverage of this, the first 30 seconds of the video, at some point, I have to say something along the lines of, hey, I'm here working with Nintendo, or Nintendo is sponsoring this video we're doing, and then if I tweet about it, I have to use um, that that law that was passed, where you have to, not law, but you know, that, that whatever the, the next level down from a law is, where you have to actually say, <laughs> hashtag sponsored, or there's another hashtag word that you're supposed to use if you tweet about the video. And I'm like, that's spooky. So I want to figure out how to work that into the video in some way that's very unsubtle. Nintendo's just helping you help yourself. That's right. So you know, you know what I want to do. What I want to. I don't want to taste game cartridges because I'm not like a frigging lunatic idiot. You want to lick the screen. Number one, yes, because you know everyone's talking about the cartridges and like, hey, what about the device? Uh, number two, they talked about putting a bittering agent right into the game cart plastic. Yes. Um, so when Ninja Turtles, the, you know, Nick, Nick Toons Ninja Turtles released Ooze a couple years ago, uh, they also put a bittering agent in the Ooze in the first run. And they actually altered the formula because early reviews of that Ooze found out the bittering agent was so strong. If you touched the Ooze, the bittering agent soaked into your skin and it was nearly impossible to wash out um, short of like, you know, just waiting it out for a couple hours until your skin cells fall off. So if you touched that ooze and then went to eat a hamburger, the bittering agent would spread onto your fingers, then spread into your food, and all your food would taste horrible. <laughs> so what I'm wondering is if I just, like, start just friggin' manhandling some Switch cartridges and then manhandle some potato chips and just eat some potato chips and lick my fingers, is it going to taste like game cartridges? I don't know. Maybe because the ooze is, like, a, a more liquidy kind of substance. Yeah. Where a game cart is more of a solid plastic. But what if I sweat a whole lot? I'm going I'm to get my hands just all sweaty. I'm just going to like get, <laughs> get fistfuls of Switch cartridges, just molest them in my hands, and then eat a bunch of food with my hands and see if it tastes like, like game cartridges. I think that's what I'm going to do. Because I'm sure Nintendo's just going to have a bucket of Zeldas. Well, if they Zelda games that you could just reach into. <laughs> if they don't, I'm just going to say, excuse me, can we please get like 10 or 20 game cartridges? I'm sure you have that many uh, things out now. Can we just get that all in a bowl for me here in front of me? And then I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to eat them. I'm not some kind of idiot savage lunatic. Don't worry. This is going to be science. It's all going to be good. Uh... I'm sure that answered your question, Luke, uh, Shadowcon LM14. Calling you out, Luke. <laughs> Listen, Luke, I'm going to backdoor you into some stuff, all right? All you got to do is friggin' eat some video games. Then they're going to be sending you stuff for life. For life! Hey, Luke, shouldn't you and Bo be running away from Boss Hog or something? That's going to go over some heads. That's going to fly over some heads. Roscoe P. Coltrane's in Hot Pursuit or something. <laughs> also, what a weirdly specific diss. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting all my life to call out somebody called Luke. <laughs> um, let's do some what we got this week. Okay. 
Seth, uh, you said you said to me earlier you actually got some on topic stuff. Yeah, it was really weird. I have you like checked to make sure you're safe because like maybe this is like some kind of weird long game someone's playing. Like you're you're your well, local some, stores somebody, aren't supposed to get transformers. Right, somebody done goofed because I walked into the Petaluma Target and I found transformers. I mean, are you gonna get in trouble? I think someone at Target might get in trouble. I don't. They could backtrace it to you, man. They might be like, "Excuse me, sir, can you return those?" Give them back. Yeah. Give them. Give them. Give, give them back. Those, those are for give you. Back. I'm Dave Target. Give them back. <laughs> Dave Target. It's so weird. Do you own Target? It's like, well, yeah, I'm founder, founder and CEO. <laughs> I was on Shark Tank. Godfrey and Shark Tank that we started. <laughs> Oh, you got beef with Shark Tank? I, I got beef with Kevin O'Leary, who's on Shark oh, Tank. Oh, Kevin O'Leary stinks. Okay, good. He's a jerk off. <laughs> the one, the one constant in life that I really enjoy is that everyone hates Kevin O'Leary, and when he went on to Shark Tank to be presented to an international audience, they just meant more people hate Kevin O'Leary. It's like it's wonderful. Well, it, okay, well, it's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole tangent. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. My girlfriend really likes that show, so I've seen most of them now. And, it, yeah. I mean, but just the deals he offers seem scummy. He's he's literal scum. Like, he yeah. was on Dragon's Den for, for years, made the show unwatchable. This, the first season he's not on is on Canadian Netflix, so I watched it just for noise. And, I, and then I was like... It's amazing how I'm genuinely enjoying this season of Dragon's Den because there isn't some living human scumwad on screen the entire time. It's like people on screen actually seem to care about what's going on this season. He was on QVC hawking his wine. And my girlfriend almost bought like this giant pack of his wines. Oh, no. (laughs) But like she kind of spaced on it and... The time ran out and they weren't available anymore. No, that was her conscience. That was her conscience taking over. Yeah, and I was like, look, if you want to try his wine, fine. Do, do what you want. I'm like, but let's see if we could find somewhere that just sells it. And then we could get like a one instead of you committing to this giant box. <laughs> and then take a sip and then return it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... I didn't know what I was thinking. Buying wine made by someone with an Irish last name. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known better. Anyway, S- saddest so saddest thing in the world. One last thing. Okay, one last thing. Because I watched thing. a bunch of Dragons Den over the years. Because it's it's some junk TV that's on TV, right? And this yeah. is in the Kevin O'Leary years. Okay, Kevin O'Leary. That I've never seen someone try so hard to make a catchphrase for themselves on a reality TV show. Oh, Kevin Mr. O'Leary. Wonderful. Not only Mr. Wonderful, where he constantly says, people call me Mr. Wonderful. And I'm like, you're the only person I've ever heard call you Mr. Wonderful. It's just you telling other people that other people call you Mr. Wonderful. Number two, he'll always start trying to force a thing of like, you're a pig because you want money. You're greedy like a pig. You're a bunch of little, you're greedy pigs and you're being pigs. and and, And I like that. And I'm like. And and, I, and then he would have this these prolonged like forty five second long things where he would call someone pigs and then try to explain how it's endearing and it's a thing he does. I don't think he does that on Shark Tank, but he he will tell people you're dead to me. Oh, I think I've heard that. You're, before. you're dead to me. 
That, that, I think that's a Shark Tank thing more than the Dragon's Den thing. Yeah, maybe Shark Tank was like, don't call people pigs. <laughs> but then you're dead to me. <laughs> but, like, he has, like, a bunch of the people he's suckered into doing business with him from Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. He has them all wrapped up under one label, and it's something wonderful. And he talks about, I think this would fit in well with my something wonderful line. Also, when does, like, I don't know. The, something wonderful. The vengeful specter of Paul Orndorff just erupt out of the ground and <laughs> drag him to hell? like I, <laughs> With one withered arm. Yes. <laughs> Someone already had that name! Anyway. Seth, you got Transformers. Yeah, it was jacked. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, I had gone into the Ronit Park Target because we had uh, gone to Costco and they are very close together. And I found some of them X-Men figures that only Target is selling right now. That them Warlock X-Men? Yeah, but only three. Aww. So then it was like, man, and then like I find somebody, I'm like, you got any more of these in the back? And they're like, oh, let me find out. No. And like, ah. Okay, let's hit the Petaluma one on the way home. And they didn't have none of them's X-Men's. But they had one each of Breakaway, Hot Rod, Trigger, Happy, and Twinferno. Oh! So I was just, like, knocking those in the cart, like, come on, let's go. <laughs> I'm not going to see these again for a couple of years. Yeah, and they had exactly one of each. Oh, man. So <laughs> it was like, all right, let's get them. I'll think about whether or not I regret this later. Um because Breakaway is just, it's, it's Chrome Dome. It's Chrome Dome. It's Chrome Dome with a different, and not even that different of a head. Um, is the head actually different? It is, but it okay. is a different face-plated <laughs> figure. Right. Who looks a lot like Chrome Dome. <laughs> yeah, because the, it's downstairs, and my Chrome Dome, I'm looking at it right now, and all, and for a moment I couldn't remember if they were different face sculpts. <laughs> So, uh, is it that blatant so yeah the, he's like the most boring one of the group because it is so close to just chrome dome he's also the short backed one which is weird he's one per case yeah well there's one per target alright <laughs> um, yeah so I guess somebody else grabbed the other three how many are in a case uh, eight I forgot who's the three for but oh. uh, it's a weird assortment with only one getaway. I would guess that Hot Rod is the three. I think he's so. the most recognizable of the four. Yeah, I, I could look it up on Big Bad or something. I just don't want to. Yeah, I mean, it's not that important. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Hot Rod. Um, car mode's great. Robot mode is all right. It's all right. But I really like the car mode. Aaron, cool. Aaron hates that toy. Well, Aaron is embittered because his life is a lie. Yeah. He's, he's being paid to do things that he knows are false. By a big helicopter. You know, if he just told the truth, he could be the Edward Snowden of helicopters. The Aaron Snowden. The Aaron Snowden, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, yeah. you can legally change your name, I think. Especially if you move to Russia afterwards. Anyway, um, but so I don't. Aaron hates it. He's got beef. You got Whatever. beef. He'll tell you. Okay. The I listened to the last 
even number episode was he complaining about it then no it was a while he got those because i don't know aaron lives in some place that like like Hasbro, actually gets toys yeah hasbro's like all deep in the pockets of big helicopters so his area got all yeah. those toys a while ago big, big indiana yeah big indiana <laughs> <laughs> um yeah oh well he's got problems i don't think it's that bad i mean i don't think he's one of the top top five titan master figures or anything but I'm, i think it's okay there, i'll say there's a small chance that i'm overselling how much aaron disliked it but i can't remember aaron put it in a blender yeah <laughs> that's how much he hated it it's like let's find out if it blends and then i was like aaron why didn't you oh, just well, put that in some it. helicopter rotors those chop things up more than blenders is that because they don't exist and he didn't answer me no because he couldn't answer you yeah they would have taken him away um now the idea of hot rod as well like any of the classic characters not headmaster characters becoming headmasters is funny um like who's this fire driver guy what's he what's he all about does he like to go fishing too um i hope so <laughs> yeah reason he's in for a bad surprise twin ferno with dab 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 a brew. Dab a brew. Dab, drink a brew. Drink a brew. Twinferno would drink a brew. That's his Whoa. name. Um, I like how silly Twinferno is. Um, I don't think he's really great in either mode. Um, like when the dragon heads or arms, they don't move quite the way I would want them to, articulation-wise. Mm-hmm. And his dragon mode is fine but not special i don't think it yeah really works i still haven't messed with one but everything i've been hearing is like this weird like it's praise but not praise that says you should go out and get him it's just like praise that's like man he's doing a whole lot with what he's been given yeah and it's like well, all right I, I really like that they did him because he's such a weird character yeah um but i i didn't think he was uh, that great to begin with <laughs> in the first place i i just like that he's weird though like it's cool that he's weird um and then one thing that kind of i've been noticing titans return that i don't think i'm really i've ever seen in transformers so much is like with skull cruncher and twinferno and a little bit in trigger happy it seems like there's parts that when you're going into their alt modes that aren't squared off that like go into angles and then lock into angles yeah and twinferno does that too and it's like i'm not used to that i'm used to things squaring off in transformers so like when i was transforming twinferno for the first time not looking at the instructions because i didn't want to hurt my eyes those instruction books are garbage that these things come with yep um it took me a minute to figure out, oh, I'm supposed to bend this slightly, and then it locks in. I was like, why are these bits just sort of loose flopping around? And he doesn't seem very well balanced. And then I figured it out. I noticed the little tab holes, and I figured it out. I'm like, oh, now it's solid, and it's balanced a little better. That's kind of strange. I'm not used to the idea of there being angles. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So speaking of trigger happy, I I actually had to look at the instructions at one point because I wasn't figuring out how to get his legs flipped up right going into jet mode. Yeah, I uh, I kind I managed to figure him out only because I was I I just set aside some time to just stare at this dude. And like when I saw the tricks, I didn't get spoiled on it at all. Like when I saw the trick he does to move his stuff around under the cockpit, like it was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so I was messing with it and I had everything transformed except for the legs. And I was getting frustrated. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to look at the instructions. I unfold that big, long, stupid thing. And then I'm just sort of trying to stare at the pictures and I didn't, <laughs> the, they weren't helping me at all. So I went, all right, well, forget this. And then I just kept messing with it until I figured it out. And it's not like it took me an hour or anything. It just took a bit of fiddling. Um, but, yeah, man, never has has there been worse official instruction booklets. They're just, they don't do you any good. I uh, My mom has said this a couple times when I'm just talking to her offhand and, like, parts of parts of what she says i kind of agree with so i'll present the idea she's kind of like why do they waste money making these useless instruction books why don't they why don't they just slowly and methodically transform the toy in front of a webcam and put those videos onto their youtube channel and then make revenue off those youtube videos and also have video instructions yeah and i'm kind of like i don't know but because that is a very good idea <laughs> that that would probably accomplish a whole lot more than these terrible instruction books. Yeah. But uh, going back to Trigger Happy, um, oh man, I love that jet mode. Yep. I love that jet mode so much. He looks like the the your ship from a scrolling shooter from back in the day after you've collected all the power-ups. Yep. And you're shooting like a giant fat laser and then like some bullets and homing missiles and they're all flying out of your ship at the same time. And you still die because you didn't see that one tiny little bullet that was coming up at your diagonal. Yeah, maybe if you play a little bit better, you know, just a little, a little bit more skill. And now you ain't got no power-ups. Yeah, you that, had all them power-ups and now you got none. That, that jet mode is like, I'm just putting him in it now to enjoy myself. And, uh... It's a darn like that's a darn good transformation, and then people are saying Twin Twist ended up, or you know, Top Spin ended up better than this guy, and I'm like, I don't even know how, but I'm happy to hear that. Oh, so Top Spin and Twin Twist are the same skeleton? Yeah. Boy, this skeleton's gonna get a workout. Oh no, no, they're uh, sorry, they're they're their own skeleton. They're not the same as this guy. Oh, so but, then uh, apparently the to like people have got top spin already, and they're saying some. I've heard from some people they're like, "Hey, you think Trigger Happy's good? Wait till you mess with top spin." And I'm like, "Don't even play with my emotions like this." Like Trigger Happy already seems like a really goddamn good transformer. Well, I don't love it that much, but I'm like gonna be like shocked if something else is better but I, I am the transformation wise I mean um yeah but man I love that jet mode it's so cool it's okay yeah it's so cool you got seriously you got so that's my on topic what I got this week and probably for several weeks to come no actually I have something I just click ship my loot I have something else on the way. Oh, you might see that sometime in the next two weeks, then, if you just shift your loot now. 
Yeah, that's what everyone's been complaining about. So I got, I already got that. So friggin' a thing showed up. I'm go. I went. Hey, disclosure. I went to visit Kren last weekend. <laughs> all right. And you're so overcome with emotion. And Everybody, so I already know I'm going to go visit her, right? And so on, like, let's see, what is it? I visited on the weekend of March the fourth, right? A week before, over a week before, on like, oh, what was it? Like February the 25th on a Saturday, some stuff came into stock at Big Bad. I didn't think it was going to come into stock. And I was like, oh, I'll just ship that because then it'll, it'll take a week to get there, maybe. Anyway, it sits in warehouse for like three and a half days and ships once I'm already over there almost. And I'm like, well, when's the expected delivery date? Oh, like four days after i leave okay whatever at least i only paid super saver shipping like if it sat in a warehouse and i'd paid for overnight like i'd be friggin' livid i don't know what's going on over there but like the and then i go on twitter thinking like well i'm the only one who's having these problems and then a whole bunch of our friends are like commiserating about how like yeah my order's been in warehouse for like half a week and i'm like okay this is this is a thing that's going on yeah i think so far the worst in warehouse that I've had lately is two days in warehouse. Um, and then a whole day of it not even getting that far. Yeah. And then with, uh, if I just use the basic shipping where, uh, it's like five days estimated because I'm way other side of the country, it takes all them five days. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Like I was, I was just waiting because I knew that there was another thing coming. It was like one of those deals where a few days ago I got an email saying, "Hey, this is expected to come in the next X number of days or less." And so I was like, "Okay, well, I have all this stuff ready to go. I know these other two things are any day now." And then they were today. And then I was like, "Click, click, 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 ship, 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 get moving." I wonder if they're like shorthanded or something. Like, yeah, because I mean, there's. I think there's got to, you know, at the end of the day, there's a reason for everything. It's not like we're clicking ship and the entire big bad, you know, warehouse staff are just sitting there watching it come in on a fax machine. They go like, "Well, someone better go get that," you know. Like, there's, there's there's a reason for stuff. I'm sure there's a decent reason why this is going on, but it's it's not a good look, you know. Uh, I I just wish I wish that. I don't I don't need the days of if you click ship by nine in the morning, it ships the same day as much as I'd like those days. I can understand how that's not even possible anymore, but it's just the the three plus day of waiting when it's in warehouse, especially when it's like a two item order of two things that just came in. I'm kind of like, come on, you know, this is just feels frustrating. Uh, That aside, Seth, I got something else that's on topic. Okay, let's hear about it. I got that masterpiece Cheetor. I've heard about that. Or as his box says, masterpiece Cheetus, and then in parentheses, Beast Wars. In the parentheses thing, I forgot if I actually I have his box like right here. Let me just check some. Because I was really amused by the whole thing of like them putting in parentheses. Uh, oh yeah, they did it for him too for Primal. Put that in here. Convoy Beast Wars. So for him, I can understand it, because there's a bunch of guys called Convoy, but then, like, when you have a guy called Cheetus, and it's like, don't worry, it's the Beast Wars version. I'm like, there is no other version. I don't know what you're trying to help me out with, but thank you. Uh, anyway, his box is a lot smaller. He's packaged in Cheetah mode. 
Um, I like the figure, but I feel like if you have if you have Masterpiece Primal and you're anticipating your Cheetor, this is something you really should know. He is like nothing like Primal. Um, Masterpiece Primal's full of ratchet joints. Uh, Masterpiece Cheetor is not full of ratchet joints. Masterpiece Primal is kind of a little bit of a chunky transformation that feels sort of firm in your hands and like it's it's pretty straightforward and clever. Masterpiece Cheetor is super clever, but it is a ton of tiny parts and uh, feels like you have to legitimately treat it rather rather carefully. Um, it's a very clever transformation, uh, but the figure does not feel like Primal at all. He feels like a completely different kind of toy. Um, and, and so, you know, you should know that going in. Like, you got to actually, I think, treat the figure pretty darn carefully. There have been some reports of the uh, arm assemblies breaking um, and having seen them in person. It's hard to describe on a podcast, but when you see how the arm assemblies work, I think it, it becomes pretty clear how they can get accidentally snapped apart. Um, all that said, like the transformation is incredibly clever. Uh, the way that the weapon storage works is awesome. And uh, all the weapons are integrated, and, and you can store them in both modes. There's no add-on parts. They just unfold from cheetah. Like, they, they're a pair of somewhat small pieces of cheetah, and then they, like, unfold into these fairly sizable guns. It's really, really cool. Um, and then the cheetah mode is decently posable. Uh, the gimmicks for the different cheetah faces and the different eyes that are looking in different directions are hilarious. Um... The, but the the other thing about the, about the figure that's a little bit of a fragility thing is the cheetah heads all have whiskers, and they're like clear plastic whiskers. Uh, they don't feel terribly durable, and when you transform the cheetah head, it kind of just goes into a socket inside the, the robot torso, and there's no space for the whiskers. They kind of just get crammed onto the sides of the cheetah face. And I feel like if you transform them into robot mode and leave them like that, the whiskers are going to get kind of badly bent. Um... The upside is you can just remove the cheetah head. So if you're going to leave him displayed in robot mode, maybe just pull the cheetah head off. Uh, otherwise, your whiskers are going to get kind of messed up. Um, and, and that was my one full-on disappointment with him. I was like, for all, as clever as this toy is, could the whiskers not have folded up somehow rather than just get, you know, smushed uh, into a space? Like, it just feels sloppy for how unsloppy the rest of the figure feels. Um... That's all I'll say for now, because, like, you know, otherwise I, I need to go f remember a bunch of other thoughts on him. He's, he's over in the other room. You know, that's so far away. And I'd rather talk talk to Seth about some off-topic stuff I got, which is where we're going. We're going into off-topicsville. Seth, you, did you get I, some, some off-topic things? I did not get any off-topic things during this podcast uh, um, cycle. Well, I did, Seth. Motor Motorcycle. Or maybe I didn't. I just well, I got them. I got them X Men's that I, that I mentioned, but I haven't opened them yet, so they don't count. Yeah, I I have some unopened Transformer stuff that came in right before I went to visit Kryn, and so I don't really have anything to say yet on that. If stuff. If I get that big bad box, there, there's one on topic thing in there. There's hella off topic things in there. It's gonna be a big big bad box. There's gonna be so much stuff in that big bad box. My girlfriend is gonna look at me like how much did all this stuff cost? And I'm going to be like, don't worry about it. It's going to be like, didn't we just get a house? This is all stuff I pre-ordered. Like, I didn't know it was all going to happen at the same time. Like, this is pre-orders. That's So that actually happens to me. But, like, 
Doesn't that always just sound like the most flimsy, just made up on the spot excuse? Yeah. Yeah. Like even if it's the truth when you say it. Oh, I hate saying it. It's I'm all like, that I got. It's all I got. I'm like, listen, no, I actually did. Pre- and in some cases, I paid for all this months ago. Like it's, <laughs> just trust me. Oh, you stop trusting me. Oh, you're actually beating me up with the giant metal pipe. Um, I just got my Marvel Legends Darkhawk. Been waiting yeah. for this toy for a while. I ain't gonna get that one. It's the only one I'm getting from the wave, I think. Because uh, also the build a figure, I have no frigging idea who Titus no. is. No, I have I his head either. now. You know what it, sucks about this head? What the Tell lower me. the lower jaw is a separate piece. That's cool. It's not a jointed separate piece. It's just a separate piece that's been glued that's, into place. That's not cool. That makes me super mad because it's flexible. So for a second, I thought it moved because it bends. But then it just unbends back into being open. And I was like, screw you, Titus. I don't even know who you are. Um, Darkhawk is okay. I think he has a lot of original tooling. I think. I don't know my Marvel Legends that well. But it feels like almost everything from the waist up is brand new. Uh, He's got, like, separate moving shoulder pads. So they did his wings in a way where they're open. And they're in two pieces. And so there's one cluster of bent feathers attached to the back of his bicep. And then another cluster of bent feathers attached to the bottom of his forearm. So when his arms are straight, it looks kind of okay, but there's still a bit of a gap. And then when you bend his arms, it looks really stupid. And then the artwork on the side of the box has way better looking wings that are even drawn better. Also, the wings and his little his little talon are made out of bendy plastic. And because they're crammed into the bubble, they're all bent and out of shape. So it looks really sloppy, and I gotta, like, straighten it all. Um, so he's okay. The wings are not awful, but they're not good. Uh, and I think that they still could have done a better Darkhawk. So I guess I'm satisfied, but I'm certainly not overjoyed. I'm kind of underwhelmed by this Darkhawk. Well, sometimes when you get your expectations up, you set yourself up for disappointments. I also feel like in the next couple days, someone's going to tell me, oh, no, that's not original tooling. The reason his wings are all stupid is because they reused some other Marvel Legends guy who has wings in his arms. Yeah, probably like the Vulture from Spider-Man. I got a feeling they might have used Vulture parts on him. And if that's true, I'm just going to get more annoyed. So, Or if uh, they didn't, they're planning on it. Yeah. So, you know, someone let me know. Um, he has a there is se- a vulture coming for homecoming. He has mm. a he has a separate belt piece. That's kind of cool. Cool. Is it a brown belt? It's it's silver. <laughs> okay, so it's not not, it's not everything brown belt. No. no. The other off-topic thing I got, Seth, um, I discovered this really cool toy line called Mythic Legions. Okay, before we move on, though, <laughs> um, speaking of that wave of Dark Hawk, yeah, um, at at Target. Uh, here in the United States of America, uh, Dave Target has been stocking last the the last uh, original um, first even uh, Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> movie figures. I saw alongside I, this wave. I saw the two Star Lords on the same peg. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So, yeah, the new ones are just flying out. Like from what I've noticed, at least the ones around here. The, the new wave is gone and people are just leaving the old ones behind. So, you know, good thinking, whoever decided to sell the old ones alongside. Um, actually, it, it, 
it's not a terrible idea when I like really started thinking about why are they doing this because it gets a rocket out right now, mm-hmm. gets Gamora out right now. It's a it's a not Toys R Us exclusive way to get Groot right now. Yeah. And it's a um, different Star Lord with a different costume. And a way worse head. Yeah, way worse head. <laughs> way worse. Yeah, I, didn't, when, I didn't believe it till I saw in person the two heads next to each other. And I was like, holy crap, these are better. Well, folks started tweeting the two heads next to each other and was like, yikes. It's like the old one's ridiculous. It's like they just said, make a white dude head. Yeah. <laughs> like, which white dude? Don't worry about it. Just make it out of some dental putty. He'll be fine. All you white dudes look the same. Just do it. <laughs> All you Chris Pratt's look the same. Um. Yeah, but I had already had the ones that I wanted in Pile of Loot, so I just didn't bother. Like, I find that with the Marvel Legends, I'm way more interested in, like, movie TV figures than comic book style figures right now. Yeah, like, I, I can't wait for those Netflix figures. Oh my god, I can't wait. I, I only want comic figures of very specific characters, and it seems like most of the characters I want that they do are the ones that are like the most phoned in. So it's it's kind of this downward spiral of dissatisfaction. I wish I liked Marvel Legends more. I think it goes and kind of cycles. Yeah. But I'm definitely getting, speaking of comic style characters or figures, like I got to get all these X-Mans. Yeah, get uh, your even warlock. Ones that I need the Warlock. Also, Disco Dazzler was one of the uh, ones that I did find. So that's the single figure in that wave that I'm most excited about is Disco Dazzler. Yeah, I've already seen some amazing photos of that figure. It looks good. Yeah. But Seth. But Chris, I got evangelist, some of these, whoever uh, you are, kayfabe, kayfabe. Well, smart, smarten up. Uh, Claudio. What? <laughs> I, I, got, I got some of these Mythic Legions by the Four Horsemen. It's a kickstarted toy line, um, uh-huh. which I, I discovered all by myself. Yep, you are the vanguard of yep. Mythic Legions uh, amongst our circles. Seth, I own like, like eight Mythic Legions now. Man, you went from zero to eight. Yeah. So oh I got, let me tell you what I got. All right. I got Sir Ignatius. I got Sir Gideon Heaven's Brand. I got Scapular the Crypt Breaker. I got Scaphoid. I got Baron Voligar. Uh, I got, uh, I got, oh, what's the other one? Torion. I got uh, Silver Sentry. Um, Silver Horn Sentry. And I got uh, Gorgo Aetherblade, uh, who's my one that has a cape. Uh, and they are, they are good figures. Um, I feel immense regret that I passed on the initial Kickstarter and it makes me resent my Gothatropolis Raven even more because <laughs> like, I don't hate that figure, but it's shortcomings made me think I wouldn't care much for this line. So I, because of that, I decided to pass on the Kickstarter, you know, and, and put that money to other things. And like, these are so categorically better than the Ravens in like literally every way. Uh, they they feel better. They can stand without much work. They can they can be given all their accessories and not collapse. Um, they don't come with a pair of wings that make them unusable in display. Uh, and they they like they they look fine. They look really nice. Um, they aren't perfect at all. But uh, Seth, you put it really well. They are like eighty five percent solid. Like they are they are a dead solid B plus A minus toy line. 
Uh, well, I said 85% of what I would consider perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like, like, the things they do well, they do so frigging well. And it's it's actually amazing. Even though I'd seen videos and photos of these, when you get, like, one of the knights and you look at him, you know, you take him out of the package, put his pauldrons on, you're like, well, this isn't going to be that poseable. And then you move the legs and the skirts just get out of the way. And it's like, oh, the legs can do all this? The torso joint can do all this? Okay, like, it's it's it's... They're really good at a certain number of poses, and it's just like, you know, there's no double-jointed elbows or knees, and that's very limiting. Um, and I guess the, the most damning thing about the posability is that if someone has a giant broadsword, you can't get them to hold it with two hands, uh, which is a, a big shame. And a, a, a similar limitation, I find it extremely hard to make any of these guys look any good holding, like, a big, long staff weapon. Um, outside of, like, you know, holding it in a very, uh, at-ready kind of pose, you know, just like, like a, like a walking stick, um, battle poses with spears, I just can't really get to happen yet, um, like, I want bow staff style poses, and then I just run into limitations with the arms. <clears throat> yeah, like, the, the articulation in the wrist and the lack of hand options hurt with like spears and stuff yeah oh the lack of hand options is also probably like as far as as far as major cons on the toys like the lack of hand options is a definite one especially because even if they go to fix it the number of different color matching sets they'd have to release is massive yeah uh and it would probably just have to be a giant set that you hope you can find someone to split with um the other thing i really don't like about them is i i really it's not terrible, and it, it kind of works. I just really don't like how the shields work. Like, it works, but I've already had one break. Because the way the shields work is the shield has a tiny little peg, and then there's a wrist cuff with a tiny little peg hole. That tiny little peg is not super durable. Yeah, the I don't know why that peg had to be so <clears throat> small. Yeah. I haven't broken any. But one of the... In its defense... By having that peg and allowing you to twist the shield, it makes it easier to pose different shield stances. Oh, totally. Like, like the idea is sound. It's just the size of the peg is horrific. Yeah. Like, it's it feels just so scary, especially when I actually had one break. Because now that confidence is gone. Like, I felt what it feels like to have it just snap. And so I'm like, well, if I want to pose the arm, I should probably just unpeg the shield, then pose the arm, then put the shield back on. Um, and that's like, but you know, you know, that's that's finding the cons, and I think it's important because I think Mythic Legions does what it does so well. It's really easy to fall into the kind of NECA fan trap of going like they're perfect. Uh, and to the credit of the fandom of this toy line, I feel like they are not there. Like having read the message boards and stuff. People adore this toy line, but people are super ready to admit its faults, and I, I really appreciate that from uh, from the super fans. Um, but I I really like these figures, at least the knights. I'm I'm in love with the knights. Like I, the the way that they're so poseable with those sculpts, um, even with the limitations that are there, is very impressive, and uh, and the paintwork is very gorgeous to look at. Um, obviously, the paint tends to rub off on the joints, but at least the selection of figures I picked use a base plastic color that masks that pretty well. I know there are some that absolutely do not, 
but the ones I'm into all tend, like, I guess I got lucky, you know? Yeah, like with my Barbarian Builder, the paint just came off on the back of the knees, like as you bent the knee joint. Yeah. It just flaked and all came off, but it's almost the exact same color underneath, and it's the back of the knee. So how much are you really going to be seeing that? Yeah, and, and also paint will never stay on a pin disc joint like that. Like, it's I've seen it on enough toy lines. It's like you kind of have to expect the paint to flake off, and it's really just did they pick a good plastic color to mask that? Um, and I feel like the paint is there because they're spraying the whole piece. It's not like they're specifically painting the joint. You know, it's like they're just spraying the whole component. It probably costs more to mask the joint off. But uh, no, I'm, I'm really impressed. I think the, the only other major problem with this line is like uh, it, it really sucks. It's not more readily available. The, the aftermarket prices, you know, as someone who's now really getting into this, I'm like, oh, I should look into some more figures. The aftermarket is horrific. Oh, like, yeah. Holy it's ridiculous. crap. It's ridiculous. Like, like even figures that are sitting in stock on Big Bad are selling for twice that on eBay. And I'm yeah. like, I don't even understand. Yeah, it's just people <laughs> who don't know better. Um, I got a couple on eBay a, a few weeks back um, for more than I wish they were, but not as ridiculous as a lot of eBay prices are right now. Yeah. But after hearing word, and I mean, they even posted about it on their website um, later this summer Four horsemen is, is going to be making some of these older figures available for order again. Um, do not pay any more than big bad prices yeah and even then if you can wait just wait but if, if it's something where it's like i've seen pictures i've heard people talk about them i'm intrigued like maybe get one or two from big bad to like see if it's something you want to get into more mm -hmm. um but i wouldn't get more than that right now yeah, like I, would, you, I would just say hang hang back and wait and definitely don't pay them eBay prices. Like if you just really want one and you don't want because let's be honest, when Four Horsemen put up this big pre-order they're going to put up of all their past things, probably not going to get those figures in hand until maybe December the earliest. Like that's that's kind of what I'm expecting. Well, yeah, the last sale they did, um, which were the ones I was kind of freaking out about because I hadn't heard anything about them. Yeah, th that was like um end of september early october that the sale happened and then they didn't ship until february yeah so like you know if you just really want one and it's in stock somewhere for you know no more than what big bad's charging by all means just pick it up like that's why i the gorgo Aetherblade blade I, I bought i bought him off ebay because i'm sure he's gonna get another run but i don't want to wait till like early next year to yeah. get a hold of that one particular character so i was like whatever if this auction doesn't go too high i'll do it and so i got him for like 65 us so i paid 15 over big bad that's probably a bit too much but he's the one i'm doing it for and so i was like whatever i will do this the one time um and then you know by that same token i went on ebay and I actually found this the silverhorn century i got i got for less than big bad's price uh, from a Canadian eBay seller because no one wanted it and it was up for bids. So I was like, well, I wanted that figure anyway. So I saved a bit of money, whatever. I'm still checking the eBay listings for little deals like that, but I'm also doing it because like, it's just, 
It's incredible the prices those toys are going for. And like, by all means, do not ever pay that much for any of these. Like, I'm I'm so glad. I think it was Nick bought like talked me down from potentially paying a stupid eBay price for one a couple weeks ago. Like when I didn't have any of them in hand and the hype was just sitting there in my head and a very, very good decision. So, you know, all many thanks to him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they are like I, I, the way I would I would encapsulate how these feel is like these feel like what a lot of super NECA fans insist NECA toys feel like this is one way I would put it. Uh, I often find NECA toys don't feel as good as a lot of reviews I read or social media posts I read. Um, but these feel like that mythical, like really good quality, highly painted PVC plastic. Cause you know, they have, they, these are made of a somewhat flexible plastic cause they're all modular and stuff. Um, and then the modular connection thing is fascinating to me because this line was originally going to be GI Joe scaled and using glios pegs and the, uh. the glios <laughs> DNA that's left behind in these toys is kind of fascinating. Like the the pegs that that hold together the limbs and the and the neck piece are kind of just giant glios pegs in a way, um, not with like as heavy a ridge like a locking ridge, but like the glios DNA in these is uh, surprising and it's kind of fun. Like I, I I'm it's making me really want to pick up one of those builder sets sometime uh, just to like rip a figure down into all its components and like just play around. Um. Yeah, I didn't. I never heard that about them originally going to be Joe size, and man, I'm so glad they're not. There is an ongoing debate because there are there are people who really wanted these to be Joe sized, and then they're too bad. (laughs) There are also people who had no interest in them till they were six inch, and like I thought it was more like at the time I thought it was more interesting when they were going to be Joe size, and the six inch thing all actually was part of what put me off. Um. But now having seen them in person, like there are certain levels of sculpting uh, and paintwork on these, I don't think could have been accomplished at a at a three three quarter inch scale. Um, and I think some of the posability would have been sacrificed, um, or at least a, a lot more limited. Because like part of what makes the posability work, it's not just that like a lot of the skirt pieces are flexible, but they're also big enough to have like there's weight behind the limbs and these pieces to get them out of the way. If these were four inch scale, I feel like some of the flexible parts would have not given as much and there would have been a lot more spring back. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying these figures. Uh, I I like them a lot. You got the black minotaur. Yeah. The, with the blue armor. He's my least favorite actually. (laughs) Uh, partly cause his is the shield that broke. Um, but also like of all my figures, he is the one that feels the absolute worst out of the package. Like, you know how you were describing how your barbarian builder could hardly stand until you did the, the floor polish stuff. Yeah. Uh, Torion can barely stand unless I'm using his magic stick as like a tripod. Um, yeah, I have the, the first minotaur, um, uh, Justin Timberbull, uh, Prime Minister of Cannibal. Um, Joey. Yeah, Joe for short. Um, Those cloven hoof feet um, aren't as solid for standing, I think. Yeah, they're not. But, man, it's one of my most favorites, that original Minotaur. And then I almost got um, Torion just because he was another Minotaur. But then was like, ah, I just, 
I gotta save a couple bucks and maybe I'll hang back on that one. Uh, um, the main main reason I threw Torion in the order is like I really wanted to mess with a Minotaur, but I also like the character concept behind him of like here's a Minotaur sorcerer. Like I kind of like the because you know Minotaurs are often like big brutish dudes with giant axes, and so I was kind of like I like the idea of a Minotaur that's like got a a, a spell staff and like cast magic. And uh, there was a minute in Dungeons and Dragons where um there was a new realm it was a it was another continent in the dragonlance realm and there was like a whole society of minotaurs in that that were basically based on the on Greece like like historical Greece like they wore robes and stuff they all drove like cars Grecian, and- like tur or togas saying about summer loving no like the country yeah <laughs> um so that there's another example of weird minotaurs and like they had like a senate and they were a democracy <laughs> i remember thinking like that is a really weird take on minotaurs i don't mind it like i like i like anything that breaks the mold of like the big dumb monster in the labyrinth yeah um, um have you pulled the head off Yes. That, that's what I originally was setting all this up for, is to ask if you took the head off of them. Yeah, I saw I saw the whole build on the Minotaur, and it's, it's very clever. Yeah, so, so I think I tried to describe that to you back way back when, and I, I don't think I described it right. It, it's really because, hard to describe in audio. Yeah, like, because I think you took it as I was pointing out something bad about it. And I was like, no, actually, I think it's clever. It's like, it changes the the, the silhouette of the form so it just doesn't look like a man with a bullhead it 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 breaks up the the shape and makes it a little more bestial shape gives him those big meaty like brock lesnar shoulders yeah yeah no yeah it's it's yeah it's like an extended like upper shoulder chunk it's it is really cool um i i kind of wish it locked down a bit tighter it jiggles a bit more than i would have liked oh um, mine doesn't jiggle again i think torion, sounds like they really blew it on torion yeah torion just feels like like especially given like i maybe got you know too many but it it, it really helped me get an idea for the overall build quality of the line because i'm like no like torion i think just had a bad run because he feels jiggly uh his joints are looser his freaking shield broke <laughs> he can barely stand also his spell staff is just long enough for it to be hard to pose him in a way where it looks like he's casting cool magic because of the limitations of his arms. And I was like, Torion is like representing all the worst parts of the line in a way, but I still really like how he looks. I just, I just wish he was a bit of a better figure. Um, yeah. With the looseness on my barbarian builder, um, if I stood him just straight upright in less than five minutes, he'd be doing the splits. And, like, not having fallen over yet, but very close to. Like, I never just left him until he fell over. Um, But it would be like I'd set him up to take a picture and then be, like, reviewing the picture and then look up and his legs are starting to splay out. Um, But then after I floor polished him up, uh, he's been freestanding for a little over two days now. Yeah. And he's fine. 
Yeah, I think I think when I do the floor polish treatment on the legs of like all these figures, they're going to be like a whole nother level as far as like messing with them. Yeah, and like with and I put a lot of floor polish in there, man, because mm. he was loose like over the course of like a day and a half. I just kept coming back and putting more in. Um, it's not as tight as the other leg and ankle, but it's enough for him to stand. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm actually I'm actually part of the reason why I really like the kind of leftover glios DNA is that for doing floor polish. It's not like you're having to do scary NECA surgery. It's like, no, if you, especially if, if you apply a bit of heat, the leg will just pop out and it pops out on the peg that you need to thicken. And like, it's, you know, well, at, least, at least for not the hips. Where, that's not where my problem was. It was on the, like the disc, like up in the crotch kind of thing. I don't think popping anything out would have done it. You would have had to have separated the, like the disc. Oh, up in that, th I think, well, popping it out would just mean it's more accessible, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, just the, the, the module. Well, I was the able modu to pull the foot off, and that helped with the ankle. Yeah. Like, the, the modularity, I think, being built in makes, like, tweaking the joint tolerances a lot less scary than on, you know, some other boutique pieces. Yeah. Um, well, I separated his torso, which let me get his, his skirt armor out of the way. Yeah. So, I mean, that helped, but... Um, the, the one other thing I wanted to, to quickly mention is I got one, Gorgo Etherblade is the one figure I got who has a cape. Uh, the capes are interesting because there's like four holes on the cape and there's, there's two pegs. And so you kind of have to fold the cape over a little bit. And there's like two ways to fold the cape over. Both ways, both feel like they are 90% of the way to looking really cool, but they don't quite work. Like it still looks fine. It's just, it's not uh quite perfect also one of the holes is getting a, like some really frightening levels of fraying on the very thin part on top near the edge of the cape so i think i need to get some like fabric tape or something to like really um strengthen that part of it um but otherwise like the way that the cape works is like it, it just makes the figure look really cool once you get it seated right uh, and I remember part of the reason why I got interested in the line again is I assumed those capes were hard plastic this whole, like, for a good year, I thought they were hard plastic until the figure started coming out. And then when I saw it was fabric capes, I was like, oh, the one of the biggest problems I had was Scarabus they just fixed. Maybe I should have backed this line. Um, also, I saw I saw something interesting because Gorgo Aetherblade is like the big bad guy. And there's the whole mystery of like, oh, he's like a dark knight with antlers. Like, what is he? I noticed there's like a clue to what he is because I removed his head and his <gasps> neck. His neck piece is a skeleton neck piece <gasps> that's solid black like the rest of his armor. So I'm like, yo, this dude has no flesh on his neck. I bet he's a demon. Or a skeleton. Or a skeleton. <laughs> I don't know. I think the horns are like, I bet he's a demon. What grew into a suit of armor? like a plant and then all his horns just burst out the sides of the helmet but they're like antlers all his, all his, his demon horns it's like a caribou demon his horny demon horns <laughs> blew out the sides um i i forget who it was asked you about um Golago 13 blade there yeah um who he was and then i answered with a youtube video that was about the cape how to properly attach the cape which i thought was hilarious um 
not not the video itself, but using that as an explanation on who the figure was. And the reason I picked it and the reason I thought it was so funny was because in the video, you just see the back of the character for like a third of the video. And then when he finally turns it around, it's not even the finished toy. It's the test shot. So it's all gray. And yeah. I thought that was hilarious. And neither one of you reacted at all to it. And I was disappointed. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is going to be so funny. And everyone's going to be like, well, that's useless video. That video is useless. And then you just ignored me. I thought I thought you had been looking at my Instagram. Because I put a picture of him on Instagram and I called him Horny Cape Man. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, Seth's looking at my Instagram. But then I slowly realized you probably hadn't looked at my Instagram. I don't really uh, look at Instagram. The only uh, time I ever sad. look at Instagram is when somebody has it like linked to their Twitter and they only post pictures through instagram and then i have to tap on the link to see the picture and then that takes me to instagram and then i'm annoyed i don't want to be yanked out of one app into another app just be there i'll give you some some app yanks it's worth okay. it nothing 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 tingles as hard as a good app app yank anyway that's that's my mythic legion <laughs> story so far um i'm really liking them i'm gonna get some more um i i am having had some in hand it's actually really helped me like the ones i already wasn't all that interested in i'm super not interested in next it's like no now that i have some of these in hand it's like i can see where the magic happens and where it doesn't and yeah. for me and you know? i think that's the way to collect them instead of trying to be like i'm a completionist um is like get an idea of what they are then just pick the ones that you think look really cool yeah like the only human ones that I care about, like kind of at all, except for like the weird one-off here and there, are the Templar Knights. Yeah, like they're they do it for me, so they're the ones that I want. Like this Sir Iguanus, the the Iguana Man, um, does nothing for me. He's he's just the he he's the one who has now made me more interested in some in that faction because the way they did his armor, like aesthetically, works for me so well. But, like, that's why, like, I wish these were more readily available, because, like, even half the photos of them online are of test shots that don't get across how the production ones look. Huh. And it's, I think it's, I find it almost frustrating at times, because it's like all the pre-order pages and most of the Google image searches are like, I can't see the finished plastic and paint. I can't see the finished accessory loadouts. And, like, because the dude's, like, cast in pearlescent plastic. It's super freaking cool. But then, you know, I say all this, like, there are so many of them there's only a boon to deciding you're just not into some of the aesthetics. Like for me, the orcs and goblins, I'm just not clicking with. And I'm so grateful because there's so many of them. Oh, well, I, I, I don't like the orcs cause they're just using the human buck. And then they have like a monster head and monster feet, but then they have like this, like totally smooth human body where the goblins have like a little smaller body. That's kind of hunched. And they, they just work better for me. But, like, I'm really digging some of the vampires. But then, like, I look at Baron Vogelar, Vogel, Viol, Baron Violin. Baron Violence. <laughs> and uh, besides having a bat on top of his helmet, he's completely encased of armor. I don't see anything about him that makes me think he's a vampire. Except for he's got a bat on his head. Put a bat on it. Um, yeah, so he's passable. Like, I don't feel the need to be like 
like I need skeletons. I need the skeletons, but I don't need the vampires. So I could just get the vampires that I think look cool. Yeah, and and then for me, like Voligar, when I put his pauldrons on, like just something about even though it's all like the modular parts, something about the colors and like just that they picked all the spiky bits for him. I'm like, and you know, because he's from the first couple I've ever gotten. I'm just like, this dude's friggin' cool. He's like the the evil first vampire knight guy. Um, but you know, this, that's why looking at this line in a way where you just pick and choose, I think is not only is it healthy, it also means you don't get worn down by uh, the fact that it is built on a modular system. You know, like the, like getting it all in and keeping all of it. I'm like, I you know, I I think it would only end up damaging your experience unless you really like all the aesthetics. Because unless every single color scheme is hitting it for you, I don't see how you don't just start seeing the same armor parts over and over again if you own, like, f the entire toy line. Now, here's something that happens to me every time I open one. This has happened every time. Um, I open it up. I take it out of the blister. I mess with it a little bit, make sure everything's cool, nothing's broken. I go, man, these are great. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to put the accessories on. And I get out the shoulder pauldrons and I start putting them on. And my first feeling is, oh, they're so big. They're so massive. Like, do I even want to put these on? I think I liked it better without them. And then I put them on and almost immediately I can't imagine taking them off again. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I actually, I, I I feel like half the figures look incomplete without them. But that goes back to that listener question where I also just really like broad shoulders on on like armor in general. Um, and so like some of these guys, like, I just think they look like they are incomplete without them. And then like, yeah, I, when I was repacking all these guys to get on the bus this morning, half of them, I would pack up and then go like, why doesn't he fit in the blister? And I realized I didn't take the pauldrons off. I'd be like, oh, right. These were, these were accessories. These have to go back in the bag. Sorry, Sir Ignatius. I have to make you look kind of weedy again. Um, that's, that's the one other thing. Every single, every single figure comes with the exact same brown belt. And I feel like it's better if you just know that going in rather than slowly discover it and feel like you're catching on <laughs> to some really weird conspiracy. So they all come with the exact same brown belt. It, it half works in both ways. It's not bad, but it's not amazing. And I'm probably only going to use it on like 10% of the figures I own ever. So I'm going to put all of them on one guy. I'm going to go get one of those gladiators and just cover him in belts. <laughs> He's going to be Beltor, the gladiator. He's always prepared. Um, anyway, yeah, these are these are cool figures. Try to get one if you can. Um, they're they're really neat. I, I would recommend one of the knights. I just think that they get across everything about the lion like in one shot. So get get yourself uh get yourself a Sir Ignatius or a Baron Voligar, and then get yourself a scaphoid to try a skeleton, and then you've basically got the, the breadth of the entire line in, in two figures. Um and that's about it for my off topic. So Seth, uh, anything else hey. you want to any other any other big uh ball buster off topic opinions you want to throw down about mythic legions or No, just when you were talking about putting all the belts on one guy, it reminded me of like those emo dudes in the early two thousands that had like those pants with like a million belts like down the legs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's holding the pants together. You gotta or wasn't there like a Final Fantasy character that was like a lady who's like 
dress was made out of belts or yeah, something. Yeah, that was in Final Fantasy X, I think. She had like a yeah. little teddy bear. Also, like that's just the designer of Final Fantasy. What's his name? Who does Play Arts Kai? He just puts belts on everybody. Yeah. But like it was kind of funny that it's like a dress made of belts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gotta hold together all the sorrow inside. It's like if Rob Layfield like belts instead of pouches. Yeah. Imagine what a what a different, maybe better world we would be living in. How has Rob Leefield not created a character named Pouch? I'm sure he has. <laughs> on one of those, like, I'm not working on Image anymore, so I started my own company again, kind of one-off things. Or Pouch, did he just do the all most those extreme in... character of all time. After, after saying that, did he do that, or did he just do a bunch of stupid one-off comics in Image, and I'm just misremembering it? I think probably both. Okay. <laughs> I know he like did like that blood wolf thing. I think that was a one off. Yeah. It was just like I'm gonna rip off Lobo now because every, all my characters are rip offs of somebody. Check it out. This is like Wonder Woman. If Wonder Woman was extreme, and this is like Hawkeye slash Green Arrow. If he was extreme, and this dude is the thing. If he was extreme, and he's got a guy called <laughs> Death Blow, and he's got a guy called Blow Death. He's got a guy called Boomshot. A guy called Shot Boom. Murder uh, Kill. Murder Kill. Kill Murder. The Murder Crew. The Crew of Kill. Oh, crew, man. Crew spelt with a K. Do a comic book called Kill Crew, and all their names are like first degree, second degree, manslaughter. Matricide. Premeditated. <laughs> Oedipus. That'd be uh, awesome. I wish my name was premeditated. <laughs> oh, I had an idea for a comic book earlier today. I'm going to throw this out in the universe because I tried to think about like how would I make this happen and I couldn't and I couldn't really think of how to implement it past the the initial stupid idea. So it's it's a Space King Arthur. All right. All right. And like like the big bubble space helmet like super old timey yeah super old timey big bubble like big clear bubble space helmet and then like he's wearing a crown underneath that um and, and instead of the round table his his galactic knights because we can't use space knight that's already taken his galactic knights which is probably also already taken so we'll just have to keep figuring it out instead of the round table right they yeah. have a four-dimensional table whoa right because it's sci-fi and it's in space. Yeah. So it's got height, width, depth, and time. What if it's a space table? Well, no, it's four-dimensional. It's a 4D table. What if this is called the time table? No. 4D table. All right. Knights of the 4D table. I'm putting a guy back into his blister card. Yeah, where he belongs. I need to film packaging shots. Oh, I thought so. You are going to try to sell it on eBay as mint and box. Oh, yeah. yeah. Redo the twist tie, everything. That's why it's really... You know, I've seen some people on Facebook groups be very particular where they're like, I must, you know, I want to buy this figure and he must be unopened. And I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> the the This whole line is built on the back of packaging that is completely resealable and has no tape. How do you know that you're getting a figure that's never been yeah, opened? Exactly. 
Oh, here's another thing with the Kickstarter. So, and people like Big Bad Toy Store, who you know is getting multiple all-ins. Yeah. Right? They gotta be. So, the the Kickstarter ended at $934,974. Almost a million. With a little over, or not a little over, but um, 1,868 backers. So there's got to be crazy whales like Big Bad buying like what 20 all-ins? Um 30 all-ins? Do you see how many all-ins sold yet? Oh. It should be I mean it's going to change <laughs> when backer kit comes out, but Yeah, but I mean like I'm I'm curious like how many are are uh like Big Bad buying. Probably at least a couple. But there's, I mean, also one person did the tier of like sculpt my head. Yeah, which there, I had bought a lottery ticket for a lottery that happened just before, like the the Kickstarter ended, and I was like, if we win this lottery, I'm doing that ten thousand dollar <laughs> head sculpt. <laughs> I want approximately eighteen <laughs> of me's. Uh, where's the all in? All in. 31 backers but is that just 31 people or 31 times 31 um with kickstarter you can only do it one at like you can only pick right. one of those levels so that's, yeah that's the problem it's like once backer kit is out any of those other pledges could turn into an all-in right so like one of those could be big bad but they put in their their contribution enough to cover 30 yeah well, I know there's there is more than one person that said they did the all in as a backer level thing. So it couldn't be all thirty. Oh no, never mind. It would still only count even if they put in right, thirty that's what I'm yeah, saying. it would only count as one. What am I saying? Right, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Because you have less than two thousand backers, but nearly a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. They're breaking Kickstarter, but I, I kind of like it. <laughs> anyway, Seth, let's let's get out of here. All right, let's skedaddle. Uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back with some more WTF at TFW very, very soon. Sooner than you might think. Sooner than you might think. What? Sooner than you might think. Rule three, but to stop. Add all that up. I don't know what the f it means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.